Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, Wages of Sin. Hey everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It's a podcast where J.B. Clark and I talk about every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order one by one. I mixed it up a little bit. I'm Rob Carmack, and then there's J.B. Clark, who I mentioned before. How are we doing? That's right. We are good. Or I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, man, I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm. I'm trying to shake off the guilt that comes with having listened to the song and internalized its message. <laughs> the song has a All lot right. of crushing guilt associated with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the song JB we're talking about today is the song "Wages of Sin." This comes from the 1998 box set tracks, which I've, the number of times in the last three and a half years, one of us has said this song comes from the 1998 box set tracks is. It feels like so many more times than it probably actually has been. It's been it's a happened lot. Though. A lot. A lot. A lot more than every other album, obviously. True. So uh yeah, so this song is which means it was a deleted track from a from another recording session from a previous time. And this song in particular was an outtake from the Born in the USA sessions. So Bruce recorded it during you know, uh, in consideration for Born in the USA, it was ultimately left off and then later was included in 1998 on tracks. And the song was played live in, in the entire history of Bruce Springsteen as a performer. The song has been played live exactly one time, and it was played on May the 8th, 2013 in Turku, Finland. And you Weird know what? Place to choose it, but that's great. I think... I think we've got some some listeners who live in Finland. So um, if if you're out there, if you're listening, if you're one of those uh, listeners from Finland, if, if you were there, let us know. And uh, let, like, what was that like? How how, yeah. how was that for you to be like? Is this? Like, did you turn to the person next to you and like in your you know Finland accent say, is is he doing wages of sin? Like what what is that? Like of all the songs, he's doing wages of sin. Let me ask you this: If yes. this was a Born in the USA song and they had done the instrumentation and written the melody and stuff then do you think it'd be a better song no i think it would be about like that i think this is pretty much what we would have gotten yeah yeah i i I think i i I don't know i mean that's that's a that's an interesting question because you have to like think about like production value and like what what aesthetic was bruce going for and what aesthetic was bruce trying to eliminate by not including the song you know and so like i don't know that that, i i have to assume it sounds the way it sounds because this is how bruce wanted to sound you know yeah i guess so um i say that okay so there there's a there's an interview somewhere where, where Bruce is talking about it and somebody like I, this song specifically comes up and he says it and I'm quoting that song was a real find. I forgot yeah. I wrote it. Do you have this quote? I do. Yeah. And he says it may have been one of those songs that cut close to the bone at the, cut. Yeah. that cut close to the bone at the time. So I put it to the side. It was actually cut for born in the USA. What happens is very often you have your own personal sensitivities about a particular piece of music, or you may be uncomfortable with the way you've sung, um, or, or or what the song is about, and you steer away from that a little bit, and I think that's what happened on this one. So it's not. Is this actually recorded then? Oh, I I think so. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, it was at the power station. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, never mind. Then my last why, question was was uh, irrelevant. Well, no, I mean, yeah, and so that that's why I think this is probably what we would have gotten because this is like he he fully produced and recorded the song in you know in those sessions. So yeah, so Bruce seems to really like the song. Even though it doesn't like it, I mean, this is a deep cut. If there are, if there is such a thing as a deep cut, this is one of them. And there's one cover randomly. There's a cover of this song by Damien Gerardo and oh, Rose, Damien Gerardo is awesome. Or dude. Damien Gerardo and Rose Thomas, and it's on a Bruce Springsteen tribute album. I think it's on the same one as the Jason Isbell. Oh no, 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 because that's a full, um, that's a full Born in the USA tribute album. So this that would have been something else. But, um, but so there, if you're interested in hearing 
another version of this. There is. Have you listened to the Damien Gerardo version? No, I didn't realize that existed. I'm looking for it because I love Damien Gerardo. Yeah, man, go find it. Um, so anyway, that so that's what this. So what do you think? Do you think um, instrumentally, musically, it, does this sound? I mean, I assume you asked that question because you feel like it doesn't quite fit the the sonic sensitivities of. Yeah, I don't think it does. Um, but I'd be very into a version of this song that was a little more pop and a little less of that synth that we would come to know much more later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think that, you know, lyrically it's got some really p- real potential, but it just feels so lackadaisical, you know? Well, what's interesting is according to Brian Hyatt, the original solo demo, like when Bruce brought the solo demo of this into the studio, it was a lot more cheery. It had a lot more of a rock and roll kind of vibe to it. But yeah. as Bruce continued to, to work on it, the, the tone of the song became, began to really downshift to match the lyrics. So I wonder, I mean, to, to your point, like if, if he had included it on the album, I wonder if he would have decided to like bring it back up to that more sort of like open all night sort of, you know, vibe that, yeah. you know, that he kind of left behind for what, what ended up being what it is. I'm with but you. Yeah, it's one of those songs that like, it's got something that I'm, I'm drawn to, but it, it also has some stuff that I'm not, you know? And yes, and I really want to like it, but I, I don't know that I do. I'm having exactly the same. Like I, I feel like all the pieces are there. It's just not connected. Like, like there, there, there's a, there's some sort of gap between all the different pieces and what it ultimate in the final product. You know, right? Like there's songs with that synth line, that, that synth sound that I like. There's songs that I don't, and there's songs with that, this sort of timbre and sort of melody that I like that he does. Yeah. And there's songs that I, you know what I mean? I, I think it's just. There's none of his like sort of surefire things that I love that he does in this song, and there are a bunch of things that I love in places, but maybe just don't love the combination here. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. The the bass does some really neat stuff. Uh, the melody is not exciting, but at the same time, it kind of fits. This um, the it's really driven by like the bass guitar and the toms and the hats and the organ. There's some really light strummed guitar in there. Um, which you almost don't notice until the other stuff cuts out. Yeah. Uh, and then that freaking synth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that's that's just a byproduct of the era, you know. And yeah, I guess. I mean, when you listen back to Born in the USA, and, I mean, obviously, Tunnel of Love. You're, man, Bruce just, I guess, Roy just really, really loved that synth. You know. Yeah, and Bruce was into it too. I guess. Yeah. So yeah, musically, and and you think about the placement on the album if it had made it onto Born in the USA, I'm trying to think, like, where would it have gone? It, the only two places, like, if you have to keep sort of the 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 flow in terms of the tone of the album, like, the, the only places this could have gone would have been either where Downbound Train is or My Hometown. And those yeah. are both far superior to the, you know what I mean? Like, yes, so absolutely. I'm really glad he didn't end up um, pulling either of those songs in, you know, in service of this one. Should we talk lyrics? Yeah, let's do it. Get into it. All right, so it says... When we fight and I want to talk it out, you won't say nothing, nothing at all. You just sit there. You won't open that pretty mouth. I keep, or I'm sorry, I think you like keeping my back up against the wall. So he's talking, I mean, it's, a, it, so he's describing like there's this fight, assuming, you know, I'm assuming mm-hmm. between like a, a, a couple. And, and it, like the fight isn't just a fight, there's like a power struggle. And then it says, wages of sin, you keep me paying. Wages of sin for wrongs that I've done. Wages of sin, you keep me paying. Wages of sin, one by one. So it's, it's this interesting sort of thing. Like he's in he's in this relationship, but he also kind of describes like how things are going. Like he feels like like a fight is is also like him sort of paying. He has to pay penance 
in order to get out of the fight, you know? Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. We have a recurring argument uh, here at our house where, like, I might bring something up that'll upset April, but I'll be right about it, but it upsets her, and then I've got to comfort her. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always like, I was right. You should comfort me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Which how the world works. Doesn't go well, right? That doesn't go well either. That's not that's not the way that that should go. Uh, we should both comfort each other. Um, so yeah, I fully understand that. Like you keep me paying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you, you say it sort of like you think it should be different, but also you don't. You know, it's not necessarily wrong either. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So he's kind of in that space. Really, he he's dealing with like. I don't feel like I've done anything wrong, so why do I feel guilty? Like, the, the, which is a weird, like, that's a that's an interesting sort of paradoxical place that anybody who's ever been, not just in a romantic relationship, like, anybody who's ever had a connection with somebody where there was conflict, and you have to go back and you have to resolve the conflict. So there, there's, this, there's this weird paradoxical tension between, like, I feel like I was at least partially in the right, and yet I still feel really bad about all of this. You know, yeah. and so he's kind of living in that same kind of space. Or not even, like, right or wrong, just, like, why why is this a problem? You know what I mean? Right, like, like this thing should be over. Can it be over? What can I do? Like what penance can I pay? Yeah. How can we make this over? Can it be in the past? Yes. So then uh, the next verse is, I walk in the apartment. There's clothes thrown all over the place. You, you're crouched in the corner with makeup running down your face. I don't want to believe what my what my heart keeps saying. You keep me on the line, so you keep me paying. Wait, or so you can keep me paying. Wages of sin, we keep paying. Wages of sin for the wrongs that we've done. Wages of sin, yeah, we keep paying. Wages of sin, that's how we have our fun. So this is very, like, cynical almost. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it begins with, like, a personal, like, I'm carrying this. And then the second thing is, like, yeah, no, we, we are caught up in a cycle where we're both sort of, like, doing this to each other. Yeah, know? I think the second verse gets at this sort of thing that happens in relationships, not even uh, consciously a lot of times. I think that emotional manipulation is really, like, I think that we don't do enough I think that anyone who's in a relationship with anyone should probably go to therapy over that relationship, right? <laughs> yeah. Because we we use emotions unintentionally to manipulate other people into getting what we want or at least feeling heard or seen. Whether we mean to be like petty or pedantic or whatever about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what this is getting at. So, yeah, like maybe someone's right, but you're right a little bit too. And you want to apologize, but they haven't yet. And you you don't want to create like a pattern of you never getting the apology and always apologizing. So you just kind of say, I'm just going to be mad for the rest of it. Like, I'm just going to go drink a beer on the porch and be mad for the rest of the day. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that wasn't a specific example at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I assumed it was just a hypothetical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like that's I think that, that that's very prevalent in all relationships, not just romantic relationships. Yeah, exactly. Like like the notion that like, you know, some sometimes in any sort of interaction with somebody, if there comes a point of conflict, you, you do have to sort of reckon with like how you affect other people and how other people are affecting you. And, and there's this, you know, there's this a give and a take and sometimes there's pain involved and you have to sort of reckon with that. And sometimes sometimes it's not necessarily your fault, but you're still sort of in the middle of it, you know? Yeah, it would just be better if we were all sort of took a breath and then were active instead of passive in our conversation. Yeah. All right. So then the third verse, which I think really gets because this is one of those classic Bruce Springsteen things where he he tells a story in the first two verses and it turns out 
I mean, not in like in like brilliant disguise. Where it turns out, like, oh no, there's like there's a deeper thing he's getting at, and that's this is this next verse is where he kind of unveils kind of what he's trying to get at. So then it says, I remember when I was a little boy out out where the cottonwoods grow tall, trying to make it home through the forest before the darkness falls. Maybe all the sounds I heard, even if they weren't real, I was running down that broken path with the devil snapping at my heels. I tried so hard, so hard in every way, swore someday I'd grow up and just throw it all away. Cried all the tears, baby, that I could cry. Stomached all my fears till they came rushing up inside. Darling, I'm losing, and it's a mean game. Still, I play on and on just the same. Wages of sin, yeah, I keep paying. Wages of sin for some wrong that I've done. Wages of sin, well, I keep paying. Wages of sin one by one. So this is really getting at like the the thing behind the thing. Sort of if you if you peel back the layers of like why why is why does his relationship feel like this? And it's oh, it's because like this is how he's been trained to feel about everything because he grew up yeah. probably. And I mean the the language of wages of sin. This is very religious language. And, and I mean, to, I, I've said this before, but in this particular instance, Bruce's Catholicism is showing, right? Like right. He, he's dealing with guilt, even though he's not completely sure why he's supposed to be feeling guilty. And, um, and like one of the things that people who grow up in not just Catholicism, but in, in any sort of, in lots of different organized religion, like Christian fundamentalism or, um, various, um, Protestant denominations, you talk about like people grow up and they're given, like lots of reasons to feel bad about themselves. And I mean, in fact, I was just, I, I just started reading a book about purity culture and it's all basically like why people are, are taught from a very young age to feel really, really guilty about being like being a, a, a naturally sexual being, you know what I mean? Like you, you're, you turn 13 and you instantly start being, being made to feel guilty about the fact that you are 13 years old and you know what I mean? And so yeah. you like lots of kids who grew up in the same, a similar environment as I did, we're given really toxic language and like shame about things that first of all are out of your control and second of all completely natural and not a shameful thing but you're handed them and you're told to feel really really guilty about it and i think bruce is tapping in not specifically to purity culture but the idea that that there there are these things that we're handed as kids and these these mechanisms and these devices that are made that are that are designed to control us by making us feel guilty all the time And when you train your brain to always feel guilty and shameful, then you don't know, like that, that leads to lots of really like toxic ways of seeing yourself and seeing the world. And, and I think that's why he says the song cut too close to the bone, because I think when he was in his mid thirties, when he was writing songs like this, he was kind of reckoning with that, like how he, how he views himself, how he views the past, how he views his relationships. And I think he's, he's really struck because I mean, that, that kind of stuff cuts all the way down to the bone. You know what I mean? Like you don't, yeah. you can't just decide I'm not going to carry around the guilt be just because like my parents took me to church too many times. And, um, you know, I say this as a pastor, you know, like I, I work with people like part of my, my work every single week is working with people who are still trying to like wrestle their way out of a paper bag of shame and guilt and, um, all sorts of other toxic like pain that was handed to them by a really toxic religious structure. So yeah. Well, um, and the, yeah. this is specifically referencing a verse in Romans, the wages of, for the wages of sin is death. Yes. But the gift of God's eternal life. So like that verse is taken so far in uh, a lot of fundamental uh, cultures. Yes. Yeah. It's pain. It, it causes pain and shame. Absolutely. Well, and there's, um, there's a, there's a woman who's preached at my church a couple of times. Her name's Danielle Schroyer, and she's written an amazing book called Original Blessing. And have you read have you read her book by the way? 
No, but I love that title. It's a great well, and and the whole book is a theological. It, it is a a really well put together theological pushback against the uh, the doctrine of what, what's known as original sin. And the doctrine of original sin is the idea, the claim that because of what we call the fall, like the thing that happens in the third chapter of Genesis, the um, that that now all of humanity is tainted with original sin. That all human beings are made like broken and sinful and like basically like God hates you or like just to like fast forward all the way to to his logical theological conclusion. And Daniel Schroer's book, Original Blessing, is a pushback against that and saying, let's, can we please acknowledge like how toxic and broken that that theology is and how many people, like for thousands of years that that theology has been harming people. And so her her contention is, no, humanity is good. Like to be a human being is a good, is a gift. And like the thing, the thing that is truest about you is that you are good and you are worth loving and that you are valuable. And this doctrine of original sin is is this lie that tells you that you should always feel guilty and that there's always a part of you that, sh- that you 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 are not worth loving. And that there's all this like broken stuff that sort of comes along with that. And like I love that her body of work is built around pushing back against that. And that's why that's why I'm so excited when she comes. Like I said, she's she's been at Collective a couple of times and. Um, she'll, I'm definitely going to bring her back as many times as she'll come. But, um, but you preached a sermon on that, that I asked you about last week. I did. Yeah. I asked you about it like last week and you're like, I haven't preached that sermon. And I was like, no, I, you did. Cause I shared it. Are you sure <laughs> on it wasn't Facebook Danielle? page and someone like, no, it's definitely you. Or maybe you just wrote a blog post on your blog a while back. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I shared it on my Facebook page and like someone was like, can we get coffee? <laughs> and I was like, oh geez. <laughs> oh, did you get a scolding? From an evangelical? Yeah, I did. I did. And I told him, like, I don't care. <laughs> Man, the number of, yeah, the number of coffees I've been invited to so that somebody could set me straight. Like, I'm I'm all full up on coffee. You know what I mean? They like, commented and then they were like, I'm sorry if I stepped on your toes. They they commented, like, very publicly in the message about it. Because I was like, I wrote a couple, like, a little blurb about it. You know, this is how, you know, this is a really great thought about how, like, maybe, um, you know, the whole idea is that the baseline will go towards pain after the fall, but that we can still achieve like shalom peace. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, blah, 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 blah. the husband leads the wife. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, then it sent me a private message. Sorry if I stepped on your toes a little bit there. And I was like, no, that's cool. Uh, though I do think that uh, Facebook comments about, uh, about theology are a ministry declination point, which is a great phrase to use if you're in a battle with an evangelical person. <laughs> and he was like, well, if you want to get coffee talk about it sometime, I'd love to. And I was like, sure, I'm not going to change your mind. You're not going to change mine because I do, don't care. But I, 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 you know, you're a human and you're in my community and I like you, so I will. <laughs> That's very gracious. I mean, like, can I, it, I, I've been off of, it, it was funny, is I, I've been off of Facebook for two whole years. Like, I, I remember... Oh. I got oh, that a, sounds so nice. It's it's great. Like I got off of Facebook in April of 2017 because I remember it was like right before Easter, and I haven't missed it at all. But I tell you, one of the things I miss the least is when I get a snarky, like really like ignorant, hateful comment, and then and and it just like keeps like piling on. And then that person who did that then sends me a private message that's like no hard feelings, right? Like you call me a heretic where two thousand people can see it, and then you send me a private message like we're still cool, aren't we? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one of the many things I don't miss. Um, right, right. But yeah, and, and that's what's interesting too is like the the more I talk about this, the more like because this is a this is a pretty. I mean, I guess I guess I'm not surprised that there's there's sermons out there of mine. 
that that you said like have have this in them because I feel like this is a big part of what I what I'm trying to communicate overall in my body of work, which is like maybe we can let go of all the things that made us feel bad about ourselves, and maybe we can just accept the fact that like as as human beings we are worth loving, and that there is there is intrinsic good buried somewhere inside of each of us. And and then if you've been taught to hate yourself, maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe the problem isn't like the original sin of something that happened a long time ago. Maybe the problem is that you were told that you're not good enough. And yeah. um, and anyway, so I that's, that's been, it's it's amazing. Like this has been five years of me doing this this work um, specifically in this way, and the number of scoldings I have gotten from people who are offended by that is amazing. You know, I mean, because like that—that that is offensive. Like, if, if I tell you, if I start like going off on, if I start saying a, a lot of like really ignorant, hateful stuff, that's fine. But when, once I tell, once I start telling people, like, no, you're worth loving exactly as you are, that becomes offensive. You know? Yeah. Uh. Anyway, wages of sin. Shoot, are we still talking about this song? <laughs> How many? Uh, hang on, I was thinking of a phrase. Okay. And I, I can't have the right word. I don't have the right word. Never mind. How many? How many? Uh, how many salaries <laughs> do you give this song? Oh, because they're wages. Oh, that's fine. right. Um, two. How about you? I'm two and a half. All right. I was two, and I, I upgraded a little bit just because there's a lot of meat here. It's just not like it hasn't been cooked right. Yeah, I, I'm with. It, it is one of those songs that like ex- I mean, exactly what we said earlier, which is like there's a lot of good stuff here. I just I it. For, it's not connecting with me though. Like there's yeah. there's something that doesn't quite go all the way in, um, and I don't know why. I can't, I can't put my finger on. It. It's just when I listen to it, it's it's a like a oh, all right, you know. Like I'm not mad at it. I just you know I don't want. I don't ever think about wanting to listen to it. Yeah, I'm not gonna listen to it much after this probably. Yeah, probably not. All right. Well, um, that was fun, man. That was fun getting into you know do- the doctrine of original sin and and all the other things that we naturally would d- gravitate towards while talking about Bruce Springsteen. So right, um, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if if you will, everybody have a good weekend first of all, and then if you will come back and join us again next week, we're gonna start the. Oh wait, I, well, I don't. Did we acknowledge the fact that we just started the W's? We didn't. No, these are the W's. These welcome, are the W's. Welcome yeah. to the W's. Welcome to the. Well, well, here they are. The we are them. They are here. Yes, they just slipped in without a whisper. So um, anyway, so the the next song will continue in the W's with the song "Waiting on a Sunny Day," which I know everybody's super excited about. And so uh, bring your kids because this is a uh, you know this is one of those kinds of songs during the live show. So everybody have a good weekend, and we'll see you guys next time with "Waiting on a Sunny Day." Mm-hmm.